Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we'll be discussing the seven liberal arts and sciences. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung from Prince Charles Lodge Number 153 in Kelowna, British Columbia, Very Worshipful Brother David Colbeth from King Solomon Lodge Number 60 in Auburn, Washington, and I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a member of Mill Creek Lodge Number 243, and we meet in Montlake Terrace, Washington. Unfortunately, uh, Jared has decided um, to move on from the show and won't be, won't be with us here moving forward, so we wish him all the best, and I'm, I'm frankly very sorry to see him go. But for now, it'll be the, the three of us uh, and the, how shall we say, the uh, the high-minded nature of the show, I think, will be ratcheted down a, a solid notch without Jared here. And I'm sorry to see him go. So um, the as far as the seven liberal arts and sciences go, as everyone, I'm sure, recalls from their, their second degree lecture, see if I can rattle them off. We got uh, grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry, music, and astronomy. Hey, that's seven. <laughs> um, I guess we can sort of go through them uh, literally one by one, and and sort of discuss their their what they are and their meaning to us. Um, grammar. I mean, grammar's how we talk correctly, right? The the practice of right speech and having being able to communicate what it is we're thinking, which I'm barely doing at the moment, but I, <laughs> being able to get it out to to others and to um, be understood when we're talking. Um, yeah, does it have deep thoughts on grammar in the in the papers that we used? For, and I'll try to remember to post those in the show notes. But papers that we used that the last line of the section on grammar says that grammar teaches us to speak clearly and concisely. And yeah, there's there's not only speak but also understand, read, read and understand. I think so. It's not just although. We'll get to that later, but logic and uh, you know they're all kind of intertwined with each other. Uh, but yeah, grammar is important, right? That's for, for sure. And you know, it it uh, it reminds me of one of the things that the coaches, our our ritual coaches, uh, talk about a lot is um, when they're helping the candidates going through uh, learning their their new memory work for the first time. A lot of um, a lot of it, they spend a lot of time on the meaning of the words and, um, and like says, the nuances and, and um, in order to help them understand what they're saying and, and to understand the meaning behind it. And so, you know, grammar's uh, a little more in depth than I, I originally thought when, you know, when you talk about grammar, okay, well, it's, you know, a compilation of words, right? But, you know, it, it it goes a little deeper than that, right? Um, if if I can back up, I know I apologize, Matt, to step on your toes for an announcement, but to give an overview, our intent tonight is to just talk in general about the seven liberal arts and sciences. We might get into a little bit of depth, but really more of a broad scope of the idea of them. And then our intent, if we 
are successful over the next several weeks is to really try to dive into each of those elements of the seven level arts with different articles that may be loosely related, but in our opinion are somewhat related to each of those. And so uh, just to kind of give a background of why we're not, maybe not going to go in super depth here in a half hour and all seven of them. Uh, but I, I appreciate that, Steve, because similarly when I didn't start this until a few years ago, but when I was memorizing things, then I, I think, you know, sometimes I know what the word is, but if I were to go to the dictionary or go to a Masonic book and learn, learn what the meaning is behind it, it would certainly open up another idea of what the ritual is saying or meaning. And then I would do, I would find other words in that definition that I think I might know, but want to learn more about it. And I pick some words out of the definition and go a second level deep. And so now you have all these extra words, you know, 10, 15, 20 words and explanation of what that one word means. And so now that I think it really opens up what our ritual and what our, how important our ritual can be. And some of the, some of the specific words that are used, there's a lot of unique words, a lot of unique grammar that's used. Yeah. I think the, the echo what you two just said that I, as with so many things in masonry, I think when the word grammar was set down, I mean, which is, I mean, it's a choice of words that predates masonry significantly that, that it didn't just mean like, you know, I go, you go, he, she, it goes, they go, we go. It wasn't just grammar, grammar. It was the vocabulary. It was this, the sentence structure, the ability to, to, like I said, get, a, get your thought across and not necessarily just the mechanics of the language always, or it was the mechanics of the language, but more than what I think of at least when, when someone said grammar to me in, in elementary school, this is not what I thought of always. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> the funny thing I, I found when we started talking about this is, you know, I'm 25 years now in masonry and this is the first time I've ever really even given much more thought to the seven level, several uh, arts and sciences uh, as listed in the fellow craft degree lecture. Um, to go any more than the fact that they're listed in the lecture, right? You know, uh, <clears throat> and this this uh, overview that that we found on all of them, you know, never even thought before that rhetoric was had to do with the persuasion of of people in through speaking. Um, that that's what it kind of actually really meant, you know. <laughs> it's like, huh. Okay, so now I always thought that you know that was more of a you know word describing that would have been Machiavellian, right? You know, but um, you know to find that this had that kind of meaning, rhetoric is a is a matter of persuasion in conversation. Uh, I thought I think this is kind of interesting, so I'm I'm looking forward to maybe uh, finding out a little more in depth of each of these. Yeah, I think rhetoric rhetoric's an interesting one because yeah, people say, "Oh, that's just a rhetorical question," meaning it's kind of a, almost a meaningless question. But that's when you say rhetoric, that's not really what I mean. As grand orator, allow me to tell you that <laughs> the the use of, of rhetoric is the yeah. I mean, you want to I want to get across my opinion using grammar, but I also want to persuade you that what I'm saying is important and that you should listen and that it's. Maybe you should think about it, the, you know, in a different way, or the in the way I'm thinking about it. Obviously, being correct, so it's a it's it's important a way to structure an argument and 
and debate and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and to uh, and that it's really about public speaking um, in general. Um, you know, to when you when you really look at you know in in this in this little write up about it, uh, it make it actually makes me think more about you know when i'm when i'm doing i'm practicing for delivery of a lecture um i'm thinking about the voice inflection i'm thinking about how what i'm saying is going to be received if i say it in a certain way or or if i speak too fast and i and i talk about it and it's like oh well there's a sentence that i i read or i repeated but you know how i repeat it is so important and i never even thought that that would even relate to rhetoric right you know but you know it's it's funny how these things are are now coming to light after all these years right <laughs> you said something there which which i uh, it caught my ear the um when you do the second degree lecture is it just a is it literally just a list or is there a like an explanation for each one in your in your ritual no, there, there's a brief explanation of each one, right? Yeah, the, there is an ours too. I was just thinking to myself that I, I'm not sure I know those exactly. I was, I was going to look it up. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and yeah, and now as brief as it is, I mean, it's, it, 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 I guess, I don't know why, but I've never really found it, uh, uh, I guess, uh, it's never really drawn me to, you know, digging deeper into it, right? Until we had this conversation about, you know, let's talk about them, right? Yeah, I, I was uh, drawn into the last sentence of that section on rhetoric that skillful rhetoric uses tact to admonish our brothers and rhetoric weaves praise to applaud excellence and conduct or deportment. And, you know, we, we're, we're told in our ritual and that we are to whisper kind advice into the ear of an Eric brother. And so I think that's very rhetorical <laughs> and it's um, in its meaning. And, uh, and I didn't, yeah, I didn't understand what I guess the, what rhetoric really meant until we started in this as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting research for sure. Right. You know, and logic, well, I don't know. I was just, logic everything to me is logical right that, that, that's i don't know i never really thought about digging deeper into it um and but yet in here it says you know when we advance in logic we begin to think about proofs of the existence of god we see we see the beauty in autumn uh and in autumn leave and to uh, so intricate and perfect the theological proof of god's existence that is that design in nature that proves that there must have been a designer right well hmm you know okay that what does that really mean i'm saying to myself and how does that really play into it uh, you know so it, that's an interesting one in itself yeah look i as people probably know, it's just from our conversation here. These three all tie tightly into each other, right? They, it's hard to think of grammar without rhetoric and rhetoric without logic. And, you know, none of them really works without grammar to be able to get your point across and that sort of thing. There's a, these three are, are very interwoven and yeah, having a, being able to 
say a you know a then b then c is a, an important part of rhetoric as well just being able to to have a logical train of thought great observation matt yeah i i yeah that's a good very good point i i see what you mean there for sure i, I was drawn into the idea of logic in drawn back to a piece in our ritual about how you know the, the three rungs on the jacob's ladder and how faith hope and charity and and that it would discuss is that faith may be lost in sight and we there was a discussion on a masonic facebook page somewhere and if it was which one it was offhand i wish i could give credit uh, but there was some discussion about it that the, the idea of faith isn't what we think it is and that you could lose faith that it was that you were losing faith and i said i don't think that's what that means that faith is lost that you're losing faith and i found an article that described it well and that it's saying that when you no longer need to have faith because you have seen it it's now proven you don't have to have faith anymore. It's now, it is what it is. It's logical. And so that's where it's logic. You have now developed the idea of and seen the proof of, and so you no longer have to have faith. And so that's what the idea of logic kind of tied back for me on that piece on faith may be lost in sight. Yeah, there's, I think, yeah, faith may be lost insight meaning in seeing the thing yeah as opposed to from sight like you know <laughs> oh crap i don't see it anymore kind of thing yeah yeah i think I, I don't know exactly what where that comes from and i should theologically know that better but you know if people say well i i don't believe in something okay well, well but you have faith that you know I, I say you have faith that the light's going to turn on when you flip the switch you have kind of faith that but when the light comes on you don't have to have faith anymore because now you know the light's on it's a very sim very simplistic idea of that concept, but you, you, now that you've seen it, you've seen the light, you don't need to have the faith anymore. So that's where I, I believe it's saying faith is lost in sight because you have experienced it, you have seen it, you are, are with it, and now you don't need that faith anymore. But until you get to that point, you need to have faith. And right. maybe build new faith. You might have to have new faith to continue your journey of new and exploratory ideas and until you have found them until you have that sight until it becomes logical yep. i mean yeah there's interest so the we're sort of coming up to the end of our period for the episode here the uh the seven liberal arts and sciences are I don't know, traditionally is quite the word, but frequently divided into three, into two groups, oy, into two groups. <laughs> the the first one being the first three, the trivium they're called, the tri being three, and then the quadrivium being the, the other four, um, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. And so these three, like we said, are, are very tightly linked. They're very uh, close, flow into each other, and, and that's why they're sort of grouped together. They're also... Um, they're sort of the basis for advancing into the the further ones, which is, I think, if I remember from reading somewhere, it's where the the word trivial comes from. Oh, you know, or trivia that it's something 
relatively minor. It's something basic or, or simple because it's something that you you're familiar with. Because if you know astronomy, obviously you can do you can do arithmetic kind of a thing, or I guess not arithmetic in this case. <laughs> but if you're advancing in the sciences, you you've obviously mastered these first three, and that's what makes them trivial, if you will. Sure, to be able to to add or subtract and develop ideas and be you know to study the ast astronomy and music you'd have to have the basis of grammar and rhetoric and logic to be able to put those together i would agree with that right yeah, yeah so now we know our now we know our trivial pursuit comes from i guess <laughs> yeah well it's what I got out of the arithmetic section just briefly was that kind of again that last sentence is as science, it's progressively building uh, skill and familiarity through frequent practice. And I immediately went back to so what we're talking about ritual. It ties back to ritual, you know, arithmetic, just like arithmetic, you get better with practice. The more you practice, the better you can do your, you know, if you're doing your ones and your adds, adds additions and subtractions, you know, one plus one is two, two plus two is four, three plus three is six. You know, if you do all those basic things with math, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And they relate it to, I related it to our ritual and that the more you do it, generally the better you get it. But if you don't, you can't, it's not going to happen for you. I don't think, you know, I think a lot of guys think, oh, I can, I see, I see guys on the sidelines often mouthing the words and I think, okay, well, if you know this, get up and do it, <laughs> but they don't, because I don't think they really know it. They think they know it, but they don't really know it. Just same thing with arithmetic. If you, you know, do you really know your, your... maybe they're just practicing for when they're going to do it in their lodge. I hope so. I hope right. so. Yeah. I've, this is off topic, but I've, I've often thought to what? myself off topic <laughs> i know hard to believe on this show <laughs> but i've often felt that half of ritual learning can be done just by paying attention when you're in lodge yeah like so many people the, the opening gavel sounds and you know officers return to your stations or whatever go go where you belong and people and you know people just like tune out and then like oh, okay you know eight minutes later it's time for me to come back in the meeting starting kind of thing and if you just pay attention you'd pick up so much of that stuff but yeah that's me soapboxing again yeah well you know uh, the, the uh what do you call it the uh peanut gallery you know when you start hearing them talk about you know the guy who's doing the piece or or uh or they're talking about oh he missed this or he missed that it's like and you're mr perfect right <laughs> and uh um you know and then every now and then you do you talk you you look at somebody while well, I'm practicing that one, I'm practicing it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm familiar in my head and, and I'm following along with what he's saying so that I can improve how I'm going to deliver it. Right. And that that's kind of a, um, a different outlook on that as well. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up, David, because I couldn't figure out the arithmetic uh, one really how it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't specifically say that arithmetic. Yeah, we're not we're not doing math in lodge generally, mm -hmm. and so I was I was stretching it trying to figure out too. And then when I read that, like, oh, well, that to me it's just it's a skill you learn, just like oration, as they talk about with rhetoric and with grammar. You have to have good grammar. The more you practice, the better you get. The more you practice your rhetoric, the better you get. You're convincing, and I think they tie back together. If, again, if we look at the ritual, the the more the better you do your ritual, the more persuasive it is. 
right? If you do a good job and that ties back to our last episodes of the, of the observing the craft, what is observing the craft? It's about quality, right? It's about excellence. And so the more you practice of all these different things, then you will become better and your quality will improve. So I think it does all tie together. Yeah. And, and there, that, that's a, a very good point because, you know, I, um, uh, I've done many or several lectures many times over the years. And, you know, it, it, it sometimes seemed that I didn't really feel like I did a good job of it until several years of doing it. Right. Um, because, you know, you do it once or twice a, in a year and then, you know, the next year comes along, you got to do it again. And uh, I, I still, you know, we always get that, that bit of nerves and, um, and then, you know, watching other guys do it several times now having, you know, the doing it repeatedly over, and they get much, they improve with time. Right. Um, which, you know, comes back to, you know, that multiplication. Yeah. If, if we could skip geometry and come back to that, uh, I, I think we, we could discuss that a little little more. The other paper we had really goes into depth on geometry and the overall concept. It's a strong belief in the other paper that geometry is the foundation of all these. It's interesting that it's midway, sort of, in in the seven liberal arts, and it refers, it mentions that, but uh, but it's, it claims that it's kind of the foundation of all things. And so, if we, if we skip on to six on the music. Again, going back to our last section, we just discovered, we talked about how mute sound is a key component of your experience in masonry. And music is, of course, one of the liberal, liberal sciences. And so that is absolutely a key element. And lodges that don't have some kind of musical component or sound component to their ritual, to their meetings, to their degrees especially, I think they're missing out. Well, you know, we used to have uh, an organist um, that in our lodge, and after he passed on, uh, he was never replaced. And, you know, you go to some other lodges and where well, you're visiting, and they have an organist. And the other lodges, uh, you know, some of them have replaced their organist or musician with um, being on a computer, and they're playing it through the system. Uh, so that they still have that musical component, which I find very interesting. But you have to have somebody who's, uh, you know, pretty in tune with that. And then um, I thought, well, that's that's pretty complicated. But then found out Grand Lodge put out a, a whole uh, DVD with uh, music for everything. There's, you know, music to go along with marching uh, candidates through the degree there's music for each of the degrees there's music for uh, yeah for several different things and reasons and they're labeled and it's like oh wow so somebody's really gone and put a lot of effort into it and it it does remind me how nice it is um when it's used properly like for example in a degree right it, it can um, make it that much more impactful uh on a on someone's mind uh, when they're receiving that, I think. Yeah, two things. Well, I, I found one on Spotify. It was more generic Masonic music, but it's a little bit labeled for the different sections of the degree and are a different 
pieces of ritual work. Uh, but our very own Zay McCune, he and another past grand musician were charged probably a dozen years ago now or 10 years ago with putting us together a similar compilation. And they, I don't, I don't know if they just imagined it in their mind or they timed it or exactly how they worked it, but it's almost to the minute, to the second, you know, when the, when the marshal and the chaplain leave their chair and get to the altar and most size lodges, magically they're that piece of that music ends. And so it's really, you can just hit click and it'll play that music and then they'll, it'll finish off. And so they've, there's about I don't know, 15 or 20 little musical pieces that apply that are available. I don't know if the Grand Lodge still has those CDs or not, but I have a copy and have, of course, burned it to my device so I can have it with me all the time and I have to carry a CD with me. But uh, it's really a, a really perfect. I, I wish, I do personally wish there was a few other longer pieces that we could play uh, for some components, but uh, it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I have a copy of that as well, and it, you know I'm I'm thankful that there's other brothers out there who are musically inclined and could put that together, right? And somebody said, "Well, you, you, you're a computer guy, you you know, why don't you you know do that for our lodges?" And like I am not musically inclined; I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Right? <laughs> I ha I absolutely have zero for rhythm, right? And so I wouldn't, you know know which one to use or, or 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 feel good about timing or anything else right and um even even though they're they're built but i i'd probably i'm worried i'd mess up this the time to start one and the, and the time to end it if it you know uh so unless it's just perfectly built for it and and so as you say some of them are right so i i still think it takes a guy who's musically inclined to to put it to use I, th I think also he alludes in the article about singing. And I, I do miss the idea that Masonic lodges did a lot of more vocalization, singing and the different things. We, in our table lodges, when we used to do them, we would have, I would kind of force the guys to sing. And I think it really added an element. And after a few years, they got used to it. We don't do table lodge anymore for our lodge, but I, I think it's a missing component and, it certainly uh, brings up merriment and ideas and uh, fellowship. And I think there's a lot of components to having that, that music and singing involved in our rituals. Well, and you, you know, there's a few of the lodges. So I've been, I've been doing the um, director of ceremonies uh, role in the installations as of late. I don't know why, but they keep asking me to do it. And um, uh, it, some of them during the preambulation, some of the guys just they just start singing and and some lodges are are embracing that more and more there are there are specific song sheets that they have and now they're putting them out on a regular basis for to be used and um <clears throat> i don't necessarily pay attention enough to um figure out the relevance of the verbiage that's included in those verses to the ceremony itself right matt's cheating in the background <laughs> I, I i'm sure there is some relevance there but you know i was trying to look up masonic music <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, the last uh, one before we get back to geometry is astronomy, and I, I, I honestly just couldn't make any connections here. I, <laughs> I, I have a connection. Oh, good, I, I good. really haven't. I really <laughs> haven't figured out how it works to speculative masonry, but in Kamloops. They have, uh, you know, we talk about a star deck canopy. Well, in their lodge, they have um, the night that so the night that their uh, lodge roof was raised, they somebody took an image of the stars above Kamloops, and they have copied that and put it onto their ceiling in their lodge room, and the star, and they have the the little glowing thing dots and they have the the right blue lights or whatever the lighting is to make those things show okay. and uh they have a couple of learned brethren who um will explain this you know and how it came to be and why it's there and you know it's just that's the the position in which the stars were the night that they raised the roof on their building right and it's pretty cool i mean they start talking about the different uh astrological signs that are in there and i'm like okay right you know i mean i've never really understood it i i, I got to admit i have downloaded this astronomy app that you know you can take your phone or your tablet and you hold it up wherever you are in the world and it's supposed to you know t uh, show you the stars for that area because you know uh, apparently you know when you have a lot of lights in your city you can't see all the stars right and um and so when you look up and then you look up on your device it's like well we're missing a bunch right that's all <laughs> i could think right you know and then i i never really got into it but you know the when it, when you think about the milky way and the different images and uh astro astrological signs that are there um uh, I think it's amazing, um, but I've never really del delved into it, right? You know, uh, as much as I've downloaded that app, I've only actually pulled it out twice, right? And, you know, that and that was when we were sitting in the hot tub one night and we we're talking about how cloudy it was and we couldn't see any of the stars. And I pulled it out and I pulled up the app and said, see, there's the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that's gives that gives me a good idea. We're we're, but when this show airs, it will be I think the seventh of January, and on the tenth of January, our lodge, our building, our temple will have, be a hundred years old. January tenth, nineteen twenty four is when it was raised, when this cornerstone was laid, and so, uh, I I'm going to try and get a night if, the 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 cloud gods permit, <laughs> we'll try and get a night sky picture on January 10th uh, above our temple. And that would be a great idea. Uh, supposedly, supposedly our ceiling was painted that way as well. And then that got covered up because of some repairs over the years. But uh, interesting. I like that idea. I'm going to steal that. I know somebody had, had made mention that, you know, they use this, they use the stars to kind of uh, tell a bit of not necessarily time, but, um, um, Certainly navigation and yeah, yeah, yeah. dates yeah, I, and, I, and calendars. I feel like astronomy is kind of one of the, the, the easiest ones to relate to masonry. It's I mean we talk about in our ritual, we talk about the 
the luminary of nature progressing from east to west. We talk about the orientation of the lodge from east to west and north to south. And um, this is a Scottish Rite thing, but I know in Scottish Rite they talk about the um, the position of the of Venus and the morning star and Mithra and and those meanings behind the astronomy. There's in a we talk about the uh, the circumambulation being a representation of the uh, Earth going around the sun. There's all all sorts of cool. Um, I mean, the senior student, junior, or excuse me, senior deacon and junior deacon use a, a sun and a moon as their their representative symbols. There's a lot of a lot of cool astronomy stuff in masonry. And whatever, smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. That, Obama. Yes. Very true. Well, that'll be a great section to really dive into then. I don't know. I said everything I know now. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Okay, well, I only know so much, but maybe we can find a a learned brother who can join us on the topic, and and really expand on it, um, because I, I think that there'd be some very valuable things learned. I also suspect. Uh, I don't know this was a fact, but given the again the shift in the meaning of words over time. There was a time when astronomy and astrology were not really separate things. They were, they were very much intermeshed with one another, and they're I, synonymous. Probably isn't the right word, but they were really close to each other. Um, so I, I suspect that there are a lot of astrological meanings as well behind things, and that to which this alludes. So having thusly talked about all seven of the seven liberal arts and sciences and left nothing out. and Well, we missed geometry, but I was kind of hoping we'd come back to that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> kind of yeah. skipped over. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, uh, we, we've run through six of the seven liberal arts and sciences, the, the trivium and the three quarters of the quadrivium, I suppose. Um, and would. I, I'm, I'm a, uh, my grammar is failing me. My rhetoric. Where am I? <laughs> Uh, the so I guess we want to say thank you to all of you for listening on behalf of Steve and David and myself, and we'll come back at you in our next episode here with a discussion of geometry. So with that, thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Working Tools Podcast. Mm -hmm.